on that. Rooster note. We'll start this episode. Episode 21, the Krusty Mullet Podcast. John Lindsay, Billy Tarver. Been on a little bit of a hiatus here. It's because it's the middle of June and ain't Jack <laughs> going on. It's 150 degrees outside. Yep. Also had, I had COVID. John had COVID. We've been busy with other stuff. It's been deep, deep water fishing out, you know, offshore. It's just been dead. Somewhat, but there's some things that are going on, and you know, following the migration of shrimp run here locally, Daytona Beach. Killer year. It's been our year, or they would call it bumper crop if we were farmers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know why they call it bumper crop, right? Because it's bumper to bumper trying to sell all the stuff that you harvest? <laughs> yeah, no. It's because it like can bump you into the following year from a standpoint on profits. Like, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Bumper <laughs> crop. Everyone just learns something. Tip. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a funny quip with what you said about a bumper crop with a, <laughs> something with like a, a fin related to a shrimp, you know, shrimp and crop. No. Yeah. Every time that the shrimp were running, I was up in uh, my old buddy, Nick Matakis would send me a, Hey dude, get on the shrimp. We mm-hmm. just caught 201 casts. 200. It, yeah. I heard about that. And, and I'd Pretty be, solid. I'd be up in, uh, I'd be up in Virginia just pulling in and be like, mm-hmm. but it's whatever. I probably went four or five days after that. And I think I was getting 20 per cast. So, yeah. might have been embellished. I don't know. It just changes. But you're you're throwing a, what are you throwing, a three and a half foot net? <laughs> Four. <laughs> With no tape? Eight, eight foot, no tape. And there's a theory behind it. There, who's, what do you mean, your theory? Yes. That <laughs> it's a really good theory. Here's the theory. I don't even want to hear it. Don't hear it. I'm going to tell it to you because let's just talk about shrimp because that's, a lot of people come and they're like, well, how do I do it? How do I get into it? Blah, blah, blah. And you have your winter shrimp, you have your summer shrimp. Basically they migrate here locally, but this is on the West coast too. Cause I know some people have done really well, um, on the West coast cast netting them, but pretty much all you're doing is going out there and throwing a cast net. And then my theory is, is that <laughs> with a smaller net, it's easier to throw. And in addition to the fact that this year's it's not ideal because the shrimp are really running well. But if you're throwing a 12 or foot, 14 foot net and there's, you know, sometimes you throw it and there's really not much happening. I don't know. I just feel like I can constantly throw it and you just, it's kind of like a volley where you're just constantly bringing it in and it's just making it happen. I can throw it without all the proper ways of doing it. You can kind of just sling it out there and then you can personally sort yourself. That's old. That's like the gold white man saying of like, you know, seven, <laughs> 110% of five inches is better than 50% of 12. <laughs> Whatever. It works for me. I'm catching plenty of shrimp. So plenty of shrimp. But if you're throwing a 12 footer, you can't just like sling it by it. You have to do it the proper way. Yeah. But it's, it's actually, I mean, but when you do it, well, you if do pretty well. If you use the right technique, it's just as easy, which I'm yeah. trying to, uh, I can't believe I've grown up Florida my whole life and I'm a big dude and all and, I'm not that great at throwing a big net. I got a 14 footer and it's a heavy, there's more to it. And when you actually get a good throw on it and the jellies are thick, you wish you were throwing that eight foot net again. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's another thing too, is that when you're shrimping, um, if you go here and it's still going on. So if anyone's thinking about doing it, it's pretty much between Daytona beach, Port Orange. You can't really miss the moon's getting the better boats. too. So it should it be is. getting better going at the moon. Yeah. You can't miss the boats. But if you're not good at throwing a net, there's going to be... Sorry, I bummed the thing. Gosh. <laughs> um, 
if you're not good at throwing a net, there's going to be probably a hundred people watching you. <laughs> so that pre- doesn't matter. Pressure's on. <laughs> I'm surprised that you were allowed to come back over to the house. Why is that? Oh, because after the, uh, the, coon the incident. Raccoon. Yeah. Well, for the record, I did Billy a huge favor during his <laughs> travels. <laughs> I'm up in Virginia and uh, forgot I, about a trap. <laughs> I had a I have a heart set around my barn where the coons are. You know they. Which is a live trap. They can go into it. Yeah. They have a heart. Not everyone knows. It doesn't. It sounds really like if people have a heart, but yeah. this is the executioner. It's what they should call them. Yeah. You have, you have a decision to make once the animal's in the trap. We, we get rid of them. The raccoons and the possums, because we set the traps right by a chicken coop. So we know their intent when we get them in there. So, sure. And we set those when we leave. Um. You just kind of have them running all the time in general. I mean, yeah, but we haven't caught one in forever. And of course, yep. again, I, we go out of town and, you know, my neighbor called me. He's like, Hey, you got a raccoon in your chicken coop trap. I'm like, sweet. So I call John up. John comes, finishes his steak dinner. <laughs> Actually, no, I had just cooked the steak sitting there. Bam. You get a call. Oh, hey. <laughs> By the way, like Tuesday night. <laughs> Well, I mean, so, you know, a little mess. I brought rack- my 22 over and it, it jammed. It did. I haven't shot that. My other 22, I, I couldn't find it. And, uh, <laughs> it's so, it's so, I know I was trying to think, like, does this one shoot shorts or long? You know, some of them only shoot shorts. I brought shorts and then I think it doesn't shoot shorts and that's why it jammed. And I, I might have loaded, I don't know. It was a did mess. Did you shoot them with your gun or mine? I shot them with yours. Okay. Yeah. I went into your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wasn't too hard to find, was it? No, it wasn't. Pick your, pick your freaking flavor. Yeah, so then I shot it. And uh, I mean, like I said, it's like a Tuesday night and I was eating, I was about to eat dinner and it just, it really wasn't convenient. So F- 15 more steps and you, I, it would have been into in the, the woods. creek. I took it into the woods and I just figured it'd be gone the next day. And I guess it wasn't. So apologies to your wife and your two sons. <laughs> the dogs kept so I'm, I'm i guess it was like a week later i'd come home and then went back up and uh brie, brie started calling she goes where did john put that raccoon this is like six days after five days after and i'm like oh, i'm pretty sure he threw it in the creek <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i'm gonna walk 200 yards the dogs have been rolling in it both the dogs have been going out rolling in it coming back in just rank dude yep. and then she you know fisher washed him fisher you wash him you're delegated to wash the dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they went right back out and rolled it again. So, whatever. It's funny, though. You, you owe me an outfit because that thing bled all over my outfit. He did like this flip and it just. Really? Dude, yeah. Well, <laughs> I got an outfit for you, dude. I got like a. Got, got me that shirt, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm thinking like hot pink negligee that I bought. Yeah. It. No, uh, he definitely ruined my shirt. It was such a. I didn't mention that to you. But what kind of shirt are you wearing? A Krusty Mullins shirt. That's six, that's six, $7. That's six suck, dude. They're not worth their weight. It uh, wasn't the soft one, but no, he did. Actually, maybe it was. It wasn't. The know. blood acts character to their shirts. So all, all my Krusty Mullins shirts have blood on them now. Agreed. Yeah, well. So you better listen, or I might have some more blood on it. Yeah. <laughs> it a year at it, so. All right, next um, serious topic. In June. Oh, wait, no. We're in August already. Yeah, in June, caught a big dolphin, Johnny Jigs, 41 pounds. Do we not talk about that? We have not. No, it's been wow. two months because I got COVID and that threw it off. And then you were on a trip, then I went on a trip and back and forth. So, but we, we went offshore, grand plans of 
just kind of filling, as you would say, just let's just fill the box with everything. And, and I, I agreed. So we, we took the kids and yeah. went deep dropping and bought why did, fish. Why do we have to be in early that day? Stick figure concert. You had a stick figure concert and I had a dinner. And I was late to the dinner. <laughs> the COVID dinner. It was a COVID dinner, right? It was, yeah. John <laughs> had to go get COVID and I had to go listen to reggae music. <laughs> that was true, yeah. I <laughs> Pretty much. That was so, epic. You're right. I had to and I was there. going to Virginia next day, I think. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot going on, so we came in at like fifty miles an hour or something, redlining it. But caught a big dolphin. It was a calm day out there, at least. Was. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it was a little rough on the way out, but we flew back on the way in. Deep dropping was kind of slow. Bottom fishing was all right. Just a little pro tip: electric reels, game changer. If you're fishing after June fifteenth, <laughs> it is worth the investment. Yeah, go deep, man. Go deep, and it's not even deep. Chicken rig. Even if you're, I'm just saying from a standpoint on reeling in a fish at 150 feet with electric reels, hundred times better than hand cranking in hundred degree heat. And the, the jig, the jigging, well, we caught a wahoo too. We did. Yeah. A weehoo. A weehoo. A little guy. We found uh, on our way in, I spotted, um, at first I spotted. It was, it was like, a Cuban raft. That was the second thing I spotted. We found like a board or something like that that had a bunch of bait. You know, something if you saw it in South Florida, you'd be catching schoolies all day. Nothing on it. And then we went uh, probably like another quarter mile. And I saw it was barrels, probably some raft of some sort. It could have been a floating dock that was down there. Who knows? But you threw the speed jig, caught a wahoo. First cast, caught a little yeah. Then uh, we were just messing around with trigger fit. We had the kids on the boat and those little almacos. And, and the next cast. You're like, oh, there's a dolphin. <laughs> next thing you know, you on that lucky rod. We've talked about that in the past. That little lucky yeah. finor, I want to say. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Start smoking it out. And but, I, but I put it, I put on a, yeah, it's the same reel, but it's a different rod. Remember I put it on the, so I took the same reel that we had on that lucky trolling and I put it on the mm-hmm. jigging rod. I bought, yeah. a, I bought a new jig, a new jigging rod. So I put that finor reel. That's right. Got that fit. heavy jigs. Like, we're not talking the small jigs, but these are, these are Johnny jigs that you were throwing, but John, it was a uh, 300, 300 gram or something. Okay. Convert that to ounces for me. <laughs> like a pound. No, no, no. <laughs> it's bigger than some of the stuff though that you yeah, buy at like probably Bass Pro. It's probably a twelve ounce, yeah. not quite a pound. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what the conversion is. Someone out there listening, going, Durr. but it was <laughs> big enough, heavy enough, made it happen. I yeah. mean, the, the takeaway from it is, is that if you would have been trolling on the surface and if you would have been doing what we were doing, because we were throwing chunk baits and this and that on all of it, nothing happened. But you start fishing, there's a lot of fish that hang out really deep below any kind of structure on the surface, especially late summer. Don't sleep on it. Drop a speed jig down Dude, get I something think, down there. I think hammered it. You know, hammered 41 it. 41 pound dolphin comes up <laughs> and you're like, oh, there we are. Yeah. On that little rod. It was, yeah. that was, that was a, that was a good day, man. That yeah. That thing capped it off. And just for the record, you can fit a 41 pound dolphin in a 165 quart Yeti. That's the max. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's tail was coming out a little bit. Just barely. But good enough where everything stayed in there. We were able to lock it down. Yeah. So it's a good thing. But it was that. And then pretty much we've been doing food plots, which we'll talk about in a separate episode. And, um, you know, we have some stuff coming up. It's uh, gator season. You have tags. I don't. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, open for hire. So <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. That's next week. Yep. It opens on my birthday. So y'all send me my... So it opens the day after your birthday. You're the 14th. Yeah, but it's it, the 15th. It, it opens on the 15th. Correct. That's at not mid, your birthday. At midnight. <laughs> yeah, that's not your birthday. Yeah, it pretty much is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so technical, John. It's basically my birthday week, so go 
stick a gator. Just saying. Oh, yeah, and gator hunting this year, new rule change? 24-7. 24-7. So, since, yeah, it's another rule change is now you can't keep redfish in Mesquite Lagoon. That changed. I went to the meeting. My voice was not heard. <laughs> they, they changed the zone, too, where now you can keep redfish down to Highway 44, which is the South Causeway, or, yeah, South Causeway Bridge in New Smyrna. The northeast zone of Florida, which is Flagler County. Or no, the northeast zone. We're in the northeast zone now. South Causeway, the whole way to Jacksonville. It used to be two redfish per person. Now it's one. They dropped that arbitrarily because the science didn't even say it. It used, <laughs> it used to be one and they went to two and now they're back did. to one. Correct. And the science there said nothing of bringing it to one from a standpoint on harvest, recruit, all that kind of stuff. When we were in the meeting, they were going through all the regions. Um so they're back to one now. They are back to one, but they brought that zone. It used to be Flagler County. Yeah. And now they brought it down to New Smyrna. You know what's crazy? I used to, when I grew up up there fishing, there was a point in time where, I mean, it was it was only one fish. It was seasonal. Like there was a while where you couldn't keep keep yeah. any of them. And then they gave you one, but it was seasonal. It was like half the year or something. And it was 18 to 27, which it still is. Mm-hmm. And then it went to two, right? For years and years and years. Yep. And now it just went back to one. Ebbs and flows. Just like trout, same thing. They have a season. And- but it's weird to think of like all the time that's passed because I remember I just left there and gone to college when they changed it mm-hmm. for something. In that whole time period where you could keep two, I've never gone up there and fished. And oh, really? In the past like five years or whatever? I mean, I grew up there too. catching, fishing every day, fishing the whole thing. And, mm-hmm. and that whole time that, that that law was changed and put in place where you could keep two, not once did I go up there and, and I've gone up there and fished a little, but not once have I gone up there and caught two and kept two redfish. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Think I mean, about. I normally don't keep two redfish anyway, but yeah, they're great. Blackened. Take your kids on the boat. Increase your limit. Deep dropping inshore. They are good blackened. They're good fry. You fry a shoe though, so mm-hmm. I said you could fry a shoe though and make it taste good. So you can fry a shoe. Yeah, you'll put lemon on it and eat it. It's nasty. Ba- basic cooking is the key. So, yeah, that's a change on the regulation. But, yeah, gator hunting, you can do it 24-7. I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make for most of your recreational people, for your guides with airboats and stuff. Um, I mean, I... It usually um, sucks, like, middle in the of middle of the day. And <laughs> it's hotter than a horse's ass, too. John's so. a snatcher. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a baiter. Yep. Pretty much. I mean, It'd be a good boat name, Snatcher Baiter. I mean, you saw that meme that I sent. It's the one with John Daly, like, smoking a cigarette. And then that's the guy that's, like, snatch hook. Gator people and other guys like the Tiger Woods one, the bait fisherman. You haven't seen that? It's pretty good. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that it's been used a lot of different ones. Right? I just don't have the patience for it. I used to have a lot more patience when I was younger. But if you're gator hunting, I just think if you have a fast enough boat and he's in open water, you can get on that gator. I mean, they usually you would just set down on the bottom. Or if they move, you can usually see it. If it's in like five foot or less, you can see that big V-weight. It's just more exciting than sitting out there all night long, and then you burn your whole next day. Um, John's putting see, but that's not what I do. It's fun. See, what it's fun for me is I'm letting I, a I, bunch I, of eight foot gators go. No, dude, <laughs> finding a gator you want to get in, in a spot, and I don't know what one I want. Run on them, dude. Something that's eleven foot or more, ten and a half or more. All I'm saying is you haven't done enough. I'm just he, saying. I, I, I've killed bigger gators <clears throat> than you. <laughs> so last season? No, just overall. 
I, I think we're so Legally. I guess to bring this back to something that's more <laughs> educational <laughs> instead of a, <laughs> a big swinging dick contest <laughs> yeah. between us. Um, if you're if you're gator hunting, it really depends on where you're at because baiting is much more effective. Like in Crescent Lake, for example, you're you just can't pull them out. They'll they'll get you back in the cypress and things like that. But Our competition between you and me this year, who gets the biggest bigger one? I don't have to ask. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting there with a cardboard thing, a little pizza box outside of Harney or Jessup. I'll probably choose those two. Plus one. And just say, hey, experienced person here. It, it, all I'm saying is, is hunting with bait is only dull if you make it dull. But if you're running on them and dro- dropping, you run around, you drop on them, and yeah. then you target it. And then once it gets, it gets on the clicker, there's that moment like Jaws. It's just a difference. like sword mm-hmm. fishing versus – I mean, it's just as fun when you – especially when you're by yourself – which a lot of people aren't, but I guess yeah. I am a lot. You know, yeah. you have a small enough boat, and you get that gator on the rod. Yeah, it's a rush. You pull all your motors, and then you crank down, and then it's like you versus the gator, straight up. Mm-hmm. And you're doing all the same, same stuff. Same thing on a snatch hook. <laughs> you versus the gator. Um, just saying. I mean. Just different techniques. We talked about some of these in the past, but I, I do think that. I mean, I have no problem with bait fishing. It's just a more passive. It's just a more passive way. It is, and I don't want to be out there all night. That's the thing. It's like you're not out there all night. Well, you are. So well, you're not doing it right. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm out there all night because I enjoy being out there all night. I get it. I just you got numbers to crunch. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I got a a schedule ahead of me. So (laughs) I got a new puppy now, man. A new retriever. She gets up at six. So yeah. I made that first retreat the other day. That neighbors <laughs> retrieve the neighbor's paper. <laughs> they both get after <laughs> each other and they're like, stoked. yeah, yeah, they might. We'll see how that works out, but well, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll make things better. You can be snipe hunting with snipe seasons coming up in November. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, deer season just started in South Florida last weekend for private public opens this, this weekend, but deer season starts in South Carolina, August 15th for velvet deer. Had a big one on camera recently. Are you going to be up there hunting? Yeah, that's the plan. Not so on you're not opening gonna, day. You're but not going to get her with me? No, I can't. I'm not going to be able to opening day, but I'm going to be up there. I would like, I've never shot a deer in velvet, just kind of something I would like to do. But Me, me too. You've never shot one in velvet? Oh, perfect. <laughs> you want to do some work with me up there too? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, or you look at it like, you know. I haven't had one daytime velvet buck though in two months. I actually, no, I got a spike, big spike, which will be. Caroline. He'll be the first one down that I see if I get him. Seriously? Oh, yeah. In velvet? Yeah, for sure. I'd shoot him in hardhorn. <laughs> I'm not particular. I'm just not. I wouldn't shoot a spike if there was like a, a lack of deer, but personally, I like to eat them. I like to make sausage and different things like that. I still so, got plenty of meat. Do you? For you. See, we're running low. Are you? Yep. Like 40 a year is about what our family does. So, but other than that, archery it, season coming up. Doing feeders. We were just talking about that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's exciting. Mm. This is my first year going after some land. Got the land up there that I've been doing growing. We're talking about the food plots, but it's been super rewarding doing that. And then uh, then it'll be, fun. The house. it'll be fun to compare and contrast mm-hmm. with my my new little piece here. I got, I got a nice little piece here that's small, but it'll be it's in a prime location, and I'll be able to do whatever I want on this piece. Yep. So it'll be fun to try some plots and try some different things that I've tried in Virginia and see what works and doesn't. Just like a petri dish. Exactly. You know. So we're gonna do food plots here on this next one. Um, 
talk about that in more detail. It's all doldrums of summer, so I don't know. So if you're out there and you want something to do to follow migration, it is shrimp run, mango snapper. Don't sleep mango on the mango snapper. snapper. No, go out there and freeline them. Go you can do that offshore, them. or <laughs> if you just want to do it inshore like me, docks and stuff like that. Yep. I mean, it's been really good. Uh, I mean, I caught a bunch of Ben Hayden the other day thinking those would be the ticket. They were terrible. They just wanted those dead shrimp. And you're not catching big mango snapper on the river, and this goes up and down the coast, but, you know, 12 to 16 inches, they're good. All right. I mean, it beats people going out for red snapper, breaking down, spending a 1000 bucks on fuel on a five fish that probably made up what you personally brought home. So, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> digest that one. I know you're like, oh, it's, but it's easy. It's I was just fun. thinking how you've always been a fan of 12 inches. Yeah. <laughs> on any type of fish. Mango, mangrove, chocolate. Small, small, mango snapper, man. Dude, smaller fish taste better. I mean, even like that big dolphin, 41-pound dolphin, like the 10-pound or less, 10 times better. That's take, why that spike, I'm going to shoot that spike. It tastes a lot better than that ruddy bite. Okay, that could be an episode in itself. Yeah. We're going to call a meat scientist on here to talk about it. I think that the bigger ones taste just as good. Maybe. It just really depends, I think. This, we need, this, we is like, this is like a, this this is like a cougar cougar versus like bobcat, um, <laughs> you know, argument, and that could go for like the college bar scene too. Like that's there's like, a lot like, of factors. What's better, an older stuff. lady or you know, a younger yeah. in her early twenties? One's more seasoned and and <laughs> it's just thicker and has more flavor, you know. And then the <laughs> and then the other is. I guess if you get more the, tender, <laughs> more tender, but it's just, it's, it's, it's more tender, but it's just, I'm too tight. It's like too tight. And like the, it's not broken down and there's like less layers to it. So it's all, hmm. I'm telling you, like you shoot, you shoot a spike and I'll shoot uh-huh. four year old deer. Okay. I'll and, kill and, both. and we'll do a blind taste test. Like we'll literally blindfold. I'll blindfold you. Okay. That's fine. And we'll do a dough too. I'll blindfold you and put a couple different pieces of meat in dough. your mouth, and you can tell me what. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can tell me what. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, there's a lot more factors to that. It's a good episode. <laughs> you want to listen to Meat Scientist episode um, on a meat eater? They had the guy Red Cutter. It's like episode two hundred something. It's a good one. It's a meat scientist, and he breaks down all different things that you're doing wrong. Like, you want to let the meat go into rigor mortis. He talks about cooking it right there. Because, I mean, it's pretty typical to like, cut a piece of tenderloin out, throw it on the grill or fry it the day you kill it right then. But he's saying you really want to let it get into rigor mortis, which means harden and start tightening. And then you let it relax back. There's a lot more to it. but I mean, it's aging meat or correct is way better always because yep. it just stretches it out and keeps it. Yep. Wet age, dry age. Um I do a lot of my wet age, just put them in a cooler, keep them on top of ice, turn that meat in the morning before work, after work. Once the blood starts going and it's gone, you're pretty good to go. Yeah. Process the deer yourself. It's a good experience. It's You learn a lot about it. Um, you realize how, I mean, you realize when you, if you send it away, how much they run through that grinder that you probably don't want going through there. You don't know if it's your meat or not a lot of times. Yeah. And you could have a buck that sat in the back of a truck for 12 hours or some guy toting around town showing it to everyone. And then he drops it off with the processor and that goes through the grinder. And then your deer that you shot 30 minutes recovery that's gutted and done properly goes after it. <clears throat> Side note, if you go elk hunting you know. and your buddy shoots a bull and you shoot a cow mm. and then you take him to the processor, 
They mix it all together. <laughs> he, 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 my buddy was like, yeah. He's like, well, just we'll have it mixed and we'll split it. I'm like, no, dude. He's like, no. Nah. I was like, oh, you know, you get something that's a bigger animal. I'm like, no. Yeah, no, thank you. And they did some of this. They some of the stuff they, they mixed together. I yeah. could tell. You could I could taste his bull in my cow. Huh. You know, <laughs> you could taste things sweaty balls in my freaking cow. My beautiful so you're virgin just, cow. You're meat. right there proving the theory that that old that bull tastes worse. Than the that's cow. not an age thing. That's a testosterone. That's okay. just a. The age thing, I'm telling you. I mean, I, I we joke about thing, it, but, but I'm about a spike compared to. I don't know. We'll see. You'd almost have to have both those the spike and the big big one in the same geographic, like literally tight location, to know that they're eating the same food. Yeah, having the same food source because then it would come to whether mm-hmm. you know young. I just, some of, I just can't get that like ruddy smell out of them, and so I just well, grind them, make burger, this and that. But ruddy, the rut, yeah, that's a different. That's a test. I'm talking about straight up the meat. Okay, well that's different. I mean, you shoot one in August, he's just a pasture prince <laughs> right no well that's what i'm saying like, yeah, like, okay. like the virginia right. deer up there yeah. hit them coming off the apple trees before okay. they go in the rut yeah they're getting fat you okay could, you could put a take a, a spike or a doe and put it against a big old big horn mm-hmm. you know yeah five-year-old stud and then okay yes, don't mix your meat <laughs> Blind it's, like taste that test. it's like that wine what's the place uh two buck chuck the uh trader joe's you ever get their wine there i don't yeah, we did one time. It was excellent. And then we got a bunch of it. And they, you know what they do? They mix it. Like they'll get, it's not just one vineyard. They just buy excess from places. So you never know what you're going to get. It's a blend. It's a fun fact. No, it's Some not. people pay extra No, it's for not. That. It's not a blend. It's not a blend. <laughs> Some people pay extra for that. Is you just never know what you're going to get. But uh, anywho. All right. Um, we'll keep this one short because ain't much going on, dude. No, there's not. But we're going to talk about food plots in our next one. And then I'm going to talk about the big buck I kill in August. Oh, you're calling it, huh? That'll be on 22. You're calling it. But anywho, episode 21, Crusty Mole Podcast, John Lindsay, Billy Tarver. (laughs) 